Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another absolutely fun, fantastic episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. You know, one of these days we should trick everybody and you should come in and say, my name is Casey. And I should say, my name is Matt and freak everybody out. That'd be a really well, fun episode. I almost did that in Flower and Garden, if you remember, where I almost <laughs> said right, my name did. is Casey. That's right. You did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot what my name was for a second. Oof. Uh, not quite as late today, I don't think. No, it's only only 9.30 at night tonight. Although by the time you guys listen to this, who knows? I don't even know what day it'll be anymore. Jesus, Pete's. Uh, so what are we talking about today, Matt? Well, um, you know, we, we're missing the parks, and so that means we want to talk about them. Um, but we didn't want to do just like an attraction or anything like that, so we wanted to do a different kind of take on it. So in my mind, I I'm, I'm actually don't know if you agree with this, but I think that Disney Hollywood Studios is the park that has gone under the most, like, morphing since it was built. Mm-hmm. And so I think that makes the story very interesting. Like, I mean, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom, don't be wrong, have all changed over time. New attractions, new things, stuff is open and closed. But in terms of, like, the essence of the park, I feel like Disney Hollywood Studios is the one that has morphed over time. Do you agree with that, or am I kind of off base here? 100%. And and I think part of that is, is simply because of how it was born and how quickly it was born. And the fact that it really wasn't even born out of an original idea. It was born out of an idea... Or Michael Eisner, when he came over to Disney, he knew some people over at Universal, and he knew that Universal was bringing in a movie-themed park. And he said, nope, we're going to rush this. We're going to get it started. We're going to make this a functioning movie studio. And boom, 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 it was built. And it almost has a similar story in a lot of ways to California Adventure, maybe not as bad as California Adventure was, but it was built really at first is almost like a half day park. You couldn't, there wasn't enough stuff to get you through a whole day. And yeah, so, I mean, over time has developed in its theming and its overall mindset has shifted. Absolutely. So w- what you touched on there was a very popular thing in the nineties, which was that you are going to come and visit an actual working studio. And it's mm-hmm. kind of this, it was almost like a park that was a behind the scenes tour. So think about all the Disney plus shows that are coming out that are, you know, the making of frozen two or blah, 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 you know, whatever. It, this was kind of supposed to be like your, peek into all of that and universal. I mean, they had a whole tram tour that was, you know, taking you around to, Hey, this is the soundstage for this. And this is where we shot this. And this is what happened here. And then something they show how that worked. And and so this whole idea of like seeing how movies were made and then actual movies were being made in the park as you were having fun was kind of this like really novelty idea. I mean, to the point where like, I want to say most of your favorite films in the nineties, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Mulan, Lilo and Stitch, it, were completed almost entirely in Hollywood studios. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also want to point out too, that, you know, this, this opened in 89. Now I don't know about you, but it, it, I, when I think Hollywood studios, I have this innate gut feeling that Hollywood studios is a much, much younger park 
than Epcot. Yet Epcot only opened seven years prior. Yeah, I think that's because it went, uh, it didn't really hit what it, it didn't really hit its stride until much later. I mean, you think about this on, on opening day, the, the big thing was the great movie ride. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the big thing. The only other attraction was the studio backlock tour. That was yep. it. Yeah. So, I mean, there was... It, was, it was a half day park at most. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sunset Boulevard, as we know it, so that the whole stretch, when you're going down and you go to your right, where Tower of Terror is, Rock and Roller Coaster is, Fantasmic is, Beauty and the Beast live stage show, none of that existed. None of it. It was, it was literally, you're walking down Hollywood Boulevard, you got the Chinese, uh, the giant, the Chinese theater, which is right in the center. You got Echo Lake off to the left. You got a couple of restaurants, and of course, you got, like you said, the Studio Backlot Tour. That's it. Yeah, that that was it. it. There was mind no- you, we also want to add, it wasn't called Disney's Hollywood Studios at the time. It was Disney MGM Studios, and they had signed this multi-year contract with uh, Metro Golden uh, Mayor um, to be able to to have the. Um, the, the 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 rights to run these these movies in the great movie ride and they had they had the MGM logo up top all that stuff and at some point over the year over the course of the couple of years after it went south within about 10 years and they got rid of all that and that's when it became Disney's Hollywood Studios yeah so I mean you're you're not talking Tower Terror doesn't come until five years after so they don't mm-hmm. get really another e-ticket e- attraction until five years after this opens Absolutely. and 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 that's just that's just nuts because i mean you think of hollywood studios to, today like as it as it sets and there's so much there to do but uh, it it it, it seems again that caveat that though there's a lot there to do now within the last like 4 or 5 years the, hollywood was looking pretty bleak as they were preparing for the Toy Story lands of the galaxy's edge. Like for a while there, there wasn't a lot. Like it it, it was like, I remember going in 2010. I I will tell you when I went there in 2010, Hollywood studios was my favorite park, even over magic kingdom. I loved Hollywood studios. It was Nate. And I purposely loved going there at night. It's the most beautiful park at night, even more beautiful than magic kingdom. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I, love again, it. I agree with you. They, they do, they started doing some stuff, you know, you had the streets of America, which they took away, you know, they took the, 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 the back lot or the, the, the stunt car spectacular down the back lot tour came down. They were closing all the stuff as they were making way for what the future of Hollywood studios was going to be, which we're going to talk about. But yeah, now my God, I mean, it, it's a full day park. In fact, you probably need almost two days to get through everything. I mean, one day just for galaxy's edge alone. Um, yeah. But yeah, back in the day, not so much. Even when they added Tower of Terror, it that was it. It was Tower of Terror. It was the, the it was the great movie ride, and it was the backstage tour. You know, like it has gone through this rebranding for many, many, many years to get it where it's at now. No, you're you're right that recently it's gotten this big facelift. I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, two lands, like full lands in the past what three, four years? Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly when Toy Story Land opened, but it's recent. Uh, um, it would have been three years. It would have been 20, yeah. 2018. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that, that's so recent. So you, you, they've just started expanding that into something that has more e-ticket attractions and, um, it's kind of how Epcot is feeling right now that mm-hmm. stuff is kind of closing down. They're shuttering things to make room for all of this new stuff that's apparently coming. 
And so, I mean, parks go through this. They go through their ups and downs. I mean, really, I think the only park that probably will never do this will be Magic Kingdom because there's just so much there that you can shutter one or two big rides and it it doesn't really affect the experience. Whereas, I mean, I remember when, when the great movie ride closed for a while, like that was a big to do Mickey's Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. Th- that was a big e-ticket ride in Hollywood studios that was no longer there. So it was honestly good that there was all this other stuff um, going on to help kind of soften the blow there, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I, I-, I feel like we have to talk about the sorcerer hat. Well, so yeah, let's talk about what are considered like the the icons of the park. So in case you don't know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know, but if you're a general lay Disney fan, you may not realize that Walt, when he built Disneyland and he put Sleeping Beauty Castle in the middle of the park, he referred to that as what he called a weenie. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but that's what he called it, a weenie, <laughs> that there should always be a weenie in the center of what, when you're looking down, you should always have something that kind of guides where you are. And his whole hub and spoke design, the big weenie was Sleeping Beauty Castle, but every land had a weenie. Well, as different parks have been built over the years, California Adventure excluded until they finally changed it up. Um, Epcot's weenie is, of course, Spaceship Earth. You can look up, find Spaceship Earth, and know where you are based on that. Hollywood Studios, or at the time, MGM, it had a park icon, but it also had a weenie. Its weenie was the Chinese theater, which sat in the middle of the the park. Its park icon, however, for the first time, was the earful tower. tower. It was the basically a, a water tower with Mickey ears on it. Well, in 2001... Um, or right before 2001, right, right after the right after the Millennium Celebration, um, they were, or or actually for the Millennium Celebration, I should say, um, Eisner was looking for a way to temporarily bring some spontaneity, some fun uh, to the park, and so they constructed the giant sorcerer uh, Mickey hat, the giant giant sorcerer Mickey um, a hat, which was a stage. Behind it was a um, was a, a store um, and it blocked um, view of the Chinese theater. Now, again, this was only going to be a temporary thing, right? Um, they were, <laughs> this was right around t- time high school musical started to come out. So they did some several dances there for the Disney channel, but it ended up staying from 2001 until 2015. So for long time years. Yeah. Um, and it was <clears throat> basically only taken down until um, basically in 2015 when they started wanting to do some of these these Star Wars. Basically, Force Awakens was kind of they wanted to do the, 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 the all the Star Wars stuff in the park. And so it had to go at that point. But it has been complete. I mean, it was contentious. Either you love or you hated that hat. Now, I'm going to ask you, I don't know if we've ever actually had this conversation. Did you love the hat or did you hate the hat? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Same. 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. Same here. Yeah. 
Yeah, one hundred percent loved it. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, of course, I mean, par- part of it, I'm not surprised that both of us love it because we're both big Sorcerer Mickey fans. Yeah. Um, that, that doesn't, that doesn't shock me. Um, but I, I, I don't know, like the whole, I understand that some of what people like in the aesthetic of that park is the view of the Chinese theater is that Hollywood feel, but I, I liked the whimsical nature of it. I love that. Again, that was the meeting place. Um, you know, when I went in high school, we'd have to check in with chaperones and, meet you by the big hat and you knew where to go. Um, and so it, it was this very good landmark and I, I, I really loved it. I, I thought it was really, really well done, but I think for um, me, the reason why I loved it, and then I'll let you finish your thought. No, go um, for it. You know, my first trip 2010, I didn't know Hollywood studios before the hat, but that was my first trip. That was my first experience was with the hat. And of course, being the big source for Mickey fan that I am, you know, we, I think we hit Hollywood studios was the first park we hit. No, we hit animal kingdom first. And then Hollywood studios was the second park we hit. And I got pictures with Nate, you know, we'd only been together at this point for three months, four months, pictures with him in front of the big hat. And again, it, that was one of those things, you know, we talked about the pirates of the Caribbean theme song being one of the things that cemented my, my Disney fandom to the parks. This is another one of those things like that hat has such fond memories for me. I had no connection to the Chinese theater, but I'm also not going to dismiss somebody who does because there are people who went 20 years prior to me who did have a connection to the Chinese theater and seeing it down the, the, the Hollywood Boulevard. And I think this is one of those times where we as Disney fans, we have to respect the fact that, look, not everyone's going to agree. I respect the fact that you liked it without it. Please respect the fact that I liked it with it. You know, um, what were you going to yeah. say? So uh, you you mentioned, and I think this transitions kind of well into what the park is more in modern day, unless you have something more of the morph. No, um, no. Um, it, it got taken when Star Wars was acquired by Disney. Hollywood Studios kind of became the de facto place where it was gonna where in the parks it was gonna go because well, I think before you say that though we have to be very clear it already was hosting star Wars stuff. Even before start Disney even acquired star Wars, Hollywood studios had a long-standing relationship with Lucasfilm. I, I totally mean, forgot that the, star Tours was there. <laughs> I totally blanked yeah, on that. Saying, one. I mean, yeah. So star <laughs> tours was there. They had this long-standing relationship. They had the Jedi Academy there. Right. Um, and don't forget prior to Disney producing all this new content. Do you remember star Wars days? They used to have set Star Wars days where people could come dressed up in their costumes. It was like, it was like Star Wars weekend. It was like three or four days and hmm. parades and all this stuff. You know, I think, I think, um, the, uh, Disney acquired Lucasfilm in 2012. So they held in, 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 I remember at the time, um, that they said, so after they acquired it, they let things kind of go the way they were going for a little bit until the new movies were set to come out. But do you remember times there used to be such a thing as Jedi Mickey Mouse and Mickey used to have a Jedi costume? Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely. I can I can visualize. Think the... about the time they got rid of them. When did they get rid of them? They got rid of them right around the time that Disney got purchased Star Wars and they were going to make it they were going to make it more serious. And so they stopped the crossover. You won't uh, find a Jedi Mickey Mouse in the parks anymore. That that makes a lot of sense. That yeah, once once then they had control of it, they kind of got rid of their, you know, 
Mickey Mouse and other Disney characters as Jedis. And we're like, well, we own the Jedis now, so we can just put mm-hmm. <laughs> images of them on our, on our shirts. But anyway, um, go back but, to what you were I, talking about in terms of Hollywood studios being like the de facto place. Yeah. I mean, because you, you weren't going to put them in magic kingdom, at least in Florida. Um, you were going to put them in magic kingdom. You weren't going to put them in Epcot. Uh, you know, animal kingdom obviously doesn't make any sense. And I mean, they weren't going to open up a fifth gate for Star Wars. So because Star Wars was, like you said, already there, it, it made sense that this was the place it was going to go. And it they really amped up initially. I mean, obviously, Galaxy's Edge is, is fairly new, but they were doing shows and marches and other stuff like that. And so really, the hat kind of had to go because it, it, it does not look as menacing to have Kylo Ren in the first order walk down <laughs> and there's a big giant sorcerer hat behind him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, and, so and, that, and, that, yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is where, you know, we kind of start to think about, okay, the original identity of the park was movie studio, you know, live the movies. You know, I think Universal was ride the movies, but you know, it was this, this, this buildup, like you said, this thing of the nineties or late eighties, early nineties was this idea of the movie studio park. They popped up all over the country, all over the world. But that kind of, um, I guess just the theming kind of wore thin because people saw it everywhere. And Disney wanted to be known as, okay, we want something different. So, you know, they tried, I mean, they've done a lot of different things there. They had who wants to be a millionaire out of there. Um, when they, yeah. When they acquired <coughs> ABC, they had that whole run of like TV show things where like, mm-hmm. who wants to be a millionaire An American idol, I think had a thing in there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. like, like they really were, it, it was this, uh, like you said, like this, uh, this weird try to make you feel like you're on a TV show. It, it was, it was very, very strange. Yeah. So then, you know, you start thinking about it. Okay, so if that mindset of the movies is going to go away, what else What else can we do? And, and mind you, at the, at the same time, Star Wars fans had been clamoring for years, if not decades, to bring some kind of land to not, if it wasn't a Disney park, to somewhere. And then when Disney acquires Star Wars in Lucasfilm, they make an announcement. I want to say that announcement was 20, 20, it was either, the, I think it was 2013, maybe 2015 at the D23. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was 2015. I want to say it was the year of Force Awakens. They make the announcement, Star Wars is coming to the parks. We are going to bring Star Wars. At the time, it was just called Star Wars Land. And then they make this double announcement. I remember Iger makes this double announcement. It's going to be in the world and in land. And the fandom went nuts. And we everyone wanted to know more and more and more about what was going to happen, you know, where it was going to come from, all that stuff. In the meantime, the little, the smaller announcement of Toy Story Land kind of gets swept under the rug because everyone's focused on Star Wars Land. But Toy Story Land comes out a year before. And then suddenly in order to make room for all this stuff, they have to start closing all these attractions. They, they have to close the backlog. I remember when the backlog tour closed, I mean, it closed back in, I want to say that closed 2014 or 2015. I mean, it, it was, was fairly recent that it did. No, no, no. The backlog tour was, was, I want to say the backlog tour, the, the stunt show was recent recently, but the backlog tour, Oh, you know what it was? I take that back. The backlog tour got shortened and then it closed. Because there was the original version of the backlot tour, they shortened it up, and then there was then it closed. You're right, the backlot tour closed. I want to say in 2015 or 2016, 
but they got shortened probably back in like the 2010, 2011 area. So yeah, I mean, it, it pretty recently. Yeah. And then there was the, and then there was the stunt show that got ripped out. Then remember Muppets courtyard kind of got all, you know, the, the pizza planet got redone. They made that pizza Rizzo yeah. over there. The yeah, Muppets they, courtyard they, fountain stopped working for a while. Well, the they streets of America, whole... they took out the Osborne family of lights. Yeah, they had a whole Muppet themed land that I think they were hoping was like with the new the new movie in 2011, if I'm not mistaken, as well as um, the new TV show. I think they were banking on kind of the Muppets coming back as a hit and they had some they had some plans for for more on there. So, um, yeah. um, Anyway, sorry, Muppets fan here uh, nerding out about (laughs) what could have been. But yeah, I mean, a ton of stuff. It reminds me, I've got to talk to you about a a show idea. I think I texted it to you but we got to do a show idea oh yes oh yes i know exactly what you're talking about okay anyway um so what has become now is while it's in there so anyway toy story land opens up galaxy's edge is poised to open up and one of and, and then as galaxy's edge opens up the question then becomes okay all these new lands are open it's really not about the movies anymore do they keep it named hollywood studios and then last year um they make this giant debut that, yeah, we're still going to keep it Disney's Hollywood Studios, which to me boggles my mind. They very well could have changed it to Disney's Hollywood Adventure or Disney's Florida Adventure or something because it doesn't have the it has the Hollywood vibe to it, but they could very easily pull the Hollywood vibe out of it and and make it something completely different and it would have worked. But at this point, I will say Hollywood Studios has become one of my favorite parks again. I, I would I would say. I don't want to say it's better than Magic Kingdom, but I don't want to say Magic Kingdom's better than Hollywood Studios. I think they're equally on par with one another. Well, I mean, Toy Story Land, besides being a little bit small, is a home run. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, even like the Alien Saucer Swirls, which is the like not really a great ride, is still pretty fun. I went on it and went, oh, this is enjoyable. I enjoyed myself. Slinky, Slinky Dog Dash is one of the greatest roller coasters on property. Love Slinky Dog Dash, especially at night. That is a roller coaster. Oh. Okay, listeners, yes. Uh, I, this is a, a tip. Get your fast pass. Get in line. Do that ride at night. It, did, I ever, it, did I ever tell you my, my Slinky Dog Dash fast pass story? No. I, I Well, maybe you have, but, but I, I'm not recalling it. Okay. So I went with my family back in 20... 20- uh, 19 to Disney World. It was with my mom, my brother, my sister-in-law, my niece, and my nephew. The, the, the six of us went. And um, we spent the whole week together. We did all kinds of great stuff. The one ride we weren't able to get on was Slinky Dog Dash, mainly because the kids were younger. We did some other stuff. But um, the way I had set it up was is their, their plane had actually left early in the morning our last day there. Mine didn't leave until late at night last day there. So um, you know, they got they got a magic on the Tragical Express, which we all know is what happens when you leave Disney, the Tragical Express, <laughs> not the Magical Express. So they leave. I've got a half of day, I want to say. So I, you know, being a cast member, I had my, my main gate pass so I could get in. So um, I had set up a fast pass for Flight of Passage. So went over to Animal Kingdom, got onto Flight of Passage. Um, then I start... Um, um, I head over to Asperger's and Everest, ride the single rider line a couple of times. I still got like four hours before I got to get ready to head to the airport. And I'm like, I don't want to spend the rest of my time at, um, at, uh, uh, animal kingdom. So I hop on the bus 
head over to Hollywood Studios. While I'm on the bus, I make a fast pass for Star Tours. Awesome. So I make a fast pass for Star Tours. Um, I eat real quick before I do that. I go on to Star Tours. I get in the fast pass line, starting to go through it, get back onto my My Disney Experience app, and I'm just checking for you know one person, immediate fast passes. I've only got about an hour left before I have to leave to go back to the resort. And sure enough, just before I get into the Star Tours um, uh, ride, um, into the actual area where you sit, I snag a fast pass for Slinky Dog Dash in five minutes. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I get off Star Wars after I'm done. I've got 55 minutes or so before I got to leave. I, had, I book it over to Toy Story Land. The wait time for Slinky Dog Dash, I am not lying, was two and a half hours long. Wow. And I'm walking past all these people with my fast pass in five minutes. And I'm walking past every single one of them. I'm feeling horrible at the same time. I'm feeling great. I hop on that thing, ride the slinky dog, head to the front of the park, and head on home. And that's the last thing I did on that trip. It was the best thing in the world. Nice. That's that's a great feel. That is the best feeling ever oh, at Disney parks. It really is. Um, it really like is. Snagging one of those fast passes. Yeah, I I remember doing it. And it's it's just it's I, I like the coaster because it's thrilling without being like I would say that coaster is pretty kid friendly. Like I could see that yeah. being like it's my kid's first Thunder. coaster. It's big. It's on par with Big Thunder in my mind. It's it, super fun. But Double s- launch. Smoother. I think it's smoother than Big Thunder for sure. It's yeah. It's it's a very smooth ride. It's like Big Thunder meets Seven Dwarves. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. I, it's I, it's I long too. You know, Seven Dwarves. The thing with Seven Dwarves, it was so disappointing because it's so darn short. Slinky Dog, you definitely feel like you get enough time on the ride. Yeah, most definitely. So, you know, Toy Story, Toy Story Land, very much a home run. Obviously, Galaxy's Edge is is very, very popular. Um, and so that kind of now cements what Hollywood Studios is today. You know, there, mm-hmm. I think now Hollywood Studios is very much in the tweaking stage. But I, I, the the plans that you're hearing for like new rides and attractions, they're not coming from Hollywood Studios. No, not at all. I mean, again, we talked about this on a podcast a couple of times ago, a couple of episodes ago. I mean, even Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad, I mean, frankly put, it opened like two weeks before the shutdown happened with the pandemic. And even though it's been open now since July, they're operating at what, 20 to 25% capacity. It basically is a new ride for millions of people probably for the next year and you know once the once pandemic's over with it's going to be a new i mean it's it is a new ride for a bunch of people so well, i mean and this, so is so is galaxy's edge frankly yeah i mean this this is the park that honestly i am most excited to visit in my next trip because it's the stuff that i haven't seen i haven't seen galaxy's edge i haven't seen mickey minnie's runaway railway um you know i've only been to toy story land once so i'm definitely want to do that again so i mean th- this is the park that i'm most excited about getting back to Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, and I have, you know, I mentioned this a couple times on the pod. I, I have a great connection just with Galaxy's Edge because, you know, I had the honor of being part of Star Wars Celebration when it came here in Chicago. And we got to, I got to lead the Galaxy's Edge exhibit with a bunch of cast members, which was just great. And I met some great people, people I'm still friends with. Brandon, who was on the pod several months back. Um, uh, I, 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 um, Alfredo, who, um, or, yeah, Alfredo, who, uh, 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 runs um, one of the Disney stores over in Chicago. You know, I've met some great people. Um, Lou Mangiello. Lou Mangiello. I mean, that, that connection right there was huge too. But, you know, the, the, the key here is is they, they answered what the fans wanted. 
and they've done an amazing job. I can't wait for you to experience Galaxy's Edge. Again, it's a whole day experience. Um, and, you know, we one of the things we talked about before we started recording, you had talked about you had heard some, some rumors um, about uh, Hollywood Studios, maybe Galaxy's Edge, one of which was uh, Chappic might be thinking of taking the timeline out of it. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is, I, I spilled the beans and two or three episodes ago that I had tons of rumors to go about. And a, and a big one is from Galaxy's Edge that, and, and, and this is, you know, you talked about Eisner with his synergy in, 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 in an episode. Mm-hmm. And this episode, I, I, this episode we talked was about it this episode. Yeah, oh. it was the beginning, it was the beginning talking about Hollywood studios or, you know yes. what? It might've been the, it might've been the pirates episode too. Yes. Yeah. I think it was pirates that you talked about the synergy, yeah. synergy, synergy, synergy. Um, and so, you know, you're seeing this a lot with the Disney plus shows that are coming out that, that they underestimated how popular these were going to be. And so now there's almost a little bit of a, uh, push to get those series into the parks. And so there's the question of, okay, well, why isn't the Mandalorian? Why isn't Boba Fett? Why isn't Ahsoka Tano put people like that in, in the parks? Well, because the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has put themselves in a timeline. They have said, we are in this period in Star Wars history And so if you have random people walking around that aren't in that timeline, it breaks that story. But I'm hearing that they might be trying to move away from that and and losing the timeline angle become a blend of different time periods, which I don't know what you think about this, but I, I don't the timeline part of Galaxy's Edge is not what I'm excited about. And so if, if they lose that timeline and lose that little bit of immersiveness, I don't really care. I think it'd be more fun to see all the characters uh, walking around. I feel like the whole timeline immersion thing, that is what this new Star Wars hotel is going to kind of take the place of. I feel like the park, it just like if, if you have a series like The Mandalorian that is so popular but you can't put a walk around character that would again eat up a bunch of people because just the timeline isn't right. That just seems ridiculous. I don't know. I, what do you I, think? I, I disagree. I, 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 and I think, you know, and Matt, I think when you're there, you'll understand because the land itself is an attraction. It's not just about the attractions within the land. The land itself is, is an attraction. It, 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 it everything plays together, whether it's, you're doing something for, for, um, for, for Hondo, is it Hondo? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. For Hondo with the Millennium Falcon, whether you are literally in the middle of a Star Wars movie between episodes uh, eight and nine with Rise of the Resistance, whether it's Ray or Chewbacca and they're having you go on a secret mission with your credits. But the thing about it is, and they've, and they've said this from the beginning, there is no such thing as Star Wars on Batuu. If you want to talk about Star Wars, you just leave Batuu and go over to Star Wars Star Tours. So if you want to do something with the Mandalorian, do something with the Mandalorian Star Tours. Do something with a meet and greet over by Star Tours. Make it in the in the um put it in the um star uh, uh what is the uh, darn it, the 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 giant Star Wars facility where the other meet and greets are at right now. Put the Mandalorian no, the over there. Launch bay. Launch, launch bay. bay. Thank you. Put it over in Launch Bay. Leave Batu because Batu the thing is is they spent millions of dollars not just building land but building that that storyline i don't know if you know this but in um the the rise of skywalker 
one of the ships in the rise of skywalker is one of the ships from batu from galaxy's edge mm-hmm. like it's it's meant to be this crossover of you are one of the resistance fighters that takes down these multiple star destroyers that emperor palpentine um um has suddenly brought back and you're in that fight like th- that like that's kind of where you're at so you would be destroying all this work and again i i already told you i'm not a huge fan of of scott trowbridge and various reasons for it he's the guy the imagineer behind it but that said amazing individual in terms of creativity and what he's done um you'd be destroying that entire vision it'd be like going in animal kingdom <laughs> be like going in animal kingdom and saying um we're going to take out the theming of Pandora and just make it this random planet because there's, you know, we have these other, this, this other collateral in our library, this other IP in our library that happens on a different planet. So we'll just make Pandora just kind of a space planet. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, that's see, what it sounds like to me. Yeah. See, I, I, I don't know. Cause it's still like, yeah, if you were to take two separate properties, but all of these things are in the same universe it's just timeline i just don't see how that's sustainable well, in the okay. long term i mean if we want to make it apples to apples it would be like taking jake sully from the movie pandora and making him a meet and greet in or from the movie avatar and making him a meet and greet in pandora the the world of pandora takes place i think like 150 years later from okay okay that yes i i that makes more so, sense now yeah, so I think in that case, I mean, it, it, that's the same comparison. Like, it from a timeline perspective, it makes no sense. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't think that's a sustainable, a sustainable thing long term. I think at some point you're gonna have to say, "Listen, this timeline thing just we we can't keep it up." I, I get what you're saying, and 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 like you said, because I haven't experienced it, I may just not get it. Um, and I need to go down and experience it to understand it, but I, I'm just, I'm just not seeing how, how that's a sustainable thing long-term that that land has to evolve. But you know what, honestly, I, I kind of hope that they keep with their original vision because I agree with you that I, I like the idea of the land is alive, not just the land is a vehicle like Toy Story land, I guess the perfect example of this, where it's kind of a happy medium where, Yes, the the story is that you are a toy and so wow. everything is giant and and you are smaller than and 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 the toys are are life size and you're the tiny one. But ultimately, I wouldn't say that like it, that's not to the level of what Batu is trying to do. Um but Galaxy see, and I will say that even then in Toy Story Land they take you out of that mindset and it, and it does bother me. So you're in Toy Story Land, you're in Andy's backyard, you see giant figurines of Woody and Buzz, right? Statues when you first enter, yet you have Woody and Buzz walking around. Yeah, see, maybe it's just, so maybe that's just not something that I personally care about as much. Like if I were to walk around Batu and I were to see the Mandalorian and the child walk past me, I'm not like, my trip is ruined. I'm totally out of this. Like, that's just not, that's just not something that I recognize. So maybe that's just a personal, I just don't recognize that. Well, and and again, though, it's not like they don't have a place that they can't put, you know, put Mandalorian and and Grogu. I mean, put them next to Star Wars, Star Tours. I mean, like 
there's pl- the launch. There's, it's not like they, they're out of options. They don't, they don't need to, but two itself is an attraction and a destination. I agree with you that at some point it does have to evolve. I mean, this isn't going to be a permanent thing for the rest of our lives, but it's also only two years, not even two years in yet. And yeah, for eight months out of the year so far, it's been 20% capacity. So let's let people experience it for what it is. Not to mention, I will also add the star Wars star cruiser, the hotel part of that experience is, is you get to visit, Batuu. so they're going to have to rework all that as well. You know, um, you know, here's another theory. Maybe they take that element out of it completely and Mandalorian becomes part of the Star Wars, the Star Wars hotel experience. I I mean, that that's kind of the other thing you could do is very much make it the part of the hotel experience. But I, I think you got to have, a, I mean, think about an Ahsoka Tano meet and greet would again, like we talked about with the Oswald, the Lucky Rabbit meet and greet, that would be a lineup of people that would wait two to three hours to meet an Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. So I, I, I think you, I think you are right that it's really just about finding the right place for them. And if they have another spot for them, why ruin the theming? If, if, if you didn't have another spot, if there was nowhere else they could put them, I, I think this is a more of a conversation, but I, I like your point that if they have a spot for them, why not use that spot? Yeah, and I, I I will completely concede that they are missing the boat if they have not already made plans to get a Mandalorian meet and greet in Hollywood Studios somewhere. They need to do it now. Like, take Kylo Ren out of Launch Bay since he's already over in Batuu. Take him out of Launch Bay and put Mando over there with Grogu. I mean, you've already got Chewbacca and BB-8 over there. So put grogu and 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 mando I, I i i would be shocked if the imagineers are not working on, or the stage show people are not working on that experience and the only reason the only reason i don't think it's debuted yet is because of the pandemic and they're not doing meet and greets right now so i, I agree only reason you. i think that we haven't seen it because if you think about it mandalorian ran through end of december last year right you had some of this other stuff going on with with um you know, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad, Galaxy's Edge was relatively new. I think they really didn't, some of that sizzle out. And before you know it, it was March and everything closed. So they really even haven't had a chance to put a meet and greet in there yet. But I, I would, if I were a betting man, which I am sometimes, um, I guarantee you when, when meet and greets come back, that's going to be one of the very first meet and greets we'll see. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, I think that's more of the future of, of Hollywood Studios right now is just this little tweaking. I mean, there's a new restaurant that's a barbecue restaurant that's going into Toy Story Land. So yeah, they're going to get a, a barbecue or something. Yeah, like it, 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 the design of the uh, looks really cool. And, and, and it really does need like a sit down restaurant. Um, um, so I, I it, it's just all these little tweaks now that they can do. And, you know, Mickey's Runaway Way, Railway is 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 it seems to be going strong the the i've heard mostly positive things about it um and so i i think it's a park that now can kind of i don't want to say be left alone but can now be tweaked and some of the other parks can get the big facelifts yep i agree with you well it is closing time my friend do you have anything else you want to add before we get out of here i know i say this about every third episode but man do i really want to go down to the parks (laughs) (laughs) me too it will come soon i'm right there with you but in the meantime you know we we get to have the podcast and 
absolutely you know, this, brings, this brings a touch of disney into my life every week which i absolutely love so oh i, um, I look forward to thursday nights uh, when we record like i, it, I it, do it's too. Like, oh yeah i get to record and we get to talk about this and uh, it, 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 it's yeah 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 i agree well if you want to get a hold of us and be part of that conversation we have got all the social medias covered um, you can find us on Facebook at the Beers and Ears podcast. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Beers Ears 1928. You can email us at Beers and Ears 1928 at um, Sorry, I was I was laughing there. I was I I, I, uh, uh, I was thinking something political. I was saying you can find us on all the social media platforms, unlike our current president of the United States. Uh, oh, but, uh, uh, right there. Of course, oh. at this point. See, when does this episode debut, Matt? Let's see, this one comes out on, um, oh, guess what? Two days ago, we officially inaugurated our 46th president of the United States the regime of Donald Trump. So, yay. Uh, hopefully, by the time this episode airs, the world is still intact. But anyway, we'll cut all that out. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Let's raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone.